you're very welcome to Racing Only Better. It's day three of Royal Ascot. The week is flying by. Hope it's all going very well for you. And we are here to preview day three as best we possibly can in the company of, well, I want to say Kevin Blake, but he looks more like a cross between Penguin, Danny DeVito's Penguin from Batman, and Game Close and Fatal Attraction there with his dress hair. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> <You>, Kev. <laughs> hey, when I get us recording podcasts at eight o'clock in the morning, it takes me a while to warm up, Hugh, and get on the rash. I can do funny things in the morning. Listen, Kev, if this is you cold and everyone will see you cold again, is not that right, Tony Cameron? <laughs> <laughs> always, always good to see a helmet in a top hat first week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know there's something about maybe a top hat Dan that makes him feel a little bit taller I don't know what's the, what's the deal Freudian, that- Freudian psychoanalysis we can psychoanalysis we can do here that's next in my list of options to try and <laughs> try and mask mine. Oh, you look tremendous! Yeah, you look tremendous, hat. Kevin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah right. I'm, I'm going to take it off now. It's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit warm in the morning. Leave the dressing gown on, whatever you do. For Christ's sake! Oh, geez, I, would, family, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that to you. I wouldn't do family, that to you. Friendly show, right? Let's kick <laughs> off. I'm, I'm just relieved you for, uh, you remembered to put your hair on, Kev, before you took the hat. Going <laughs> <laughs> out there looking like a cue ball. Yeah, it's all about preparation, TC. <laughs> right, gents. The kickoff with the opening race on day three. The two thirty is at the Norfolk Stakes. It's over five furlongs. Group two, fast horses only need to apply. The Antarctic oh. is in here, looking for three in a row after his win at Nace last time out, and tip the time before that um, for Aidan O'Brien and Ryan Moore. So it hasn't been the best of weeks for them so far. Can he kick things off with a wing? Nine to four. Uh, Wallbank, nine to four as well. So uh, Dave Lucknan's horse disputing favouritism. Pillow Talk, six to one. Brave Nation, sevens. And it's nine to one bar Kevin Blake. And um, the Antarctic for Aidan O'Brien. Will he get the job done? Or are you going elsewhere? Um, I like the horse, you and I've liked them all along. But I, I don't know if he's entitled to be the price he is really. Um, because he has been like on the workman like side both days. Um, look, he has this massive profile. He, he's a full brother to Patash. He costs like 750 grand. He's trained by who he's trained by. He was always going to attract a lot of attention, but he, but he has been working. Like it was interesting listening to, uh, excuse me, listening to Aiden talk about him mm. um, there last week because he's saying like basically this, this horse is, is, is very, very fast and we've been kind of keen to, to kind of hide that reality from him for as long as we can to keep the lid on him basically, which, uh, which, which was kind of a new one on me. It was quite interesting. Um, so look, the hope is he'll he'll take a step forward, but he need to. And um, you know, in a race of this standard, there's plenty there that have stronger form in the book. And do you want to take kind of nine to four, two to one about a horse that probably does need to step forward to um, to get to where he? I, needs I get to the be impression he always he's, he only ever just does enough, Kev. And I I think a better quality race will bring out better form in him. That's just my view. That's just my yeah. View. Like for me, like I think I mentioned it a few times around this horse, like the Dark Angels, like would generally be quite slow learners, mm. and if they if they can be winning early on, like they're generally um, smart. And to me, he looked like a work in progress. And like Aiden was kind of emphasizing that they, they were keen not to ask him to do too much. Um, so like look, the case is there for him taking the step forward, but just at the price. Look, he's a very similar price to Wallbank. Yeah. And look, I, I think he has more depth to his form without question. You know, there's more depth to the form. He's been stronger on the clock. He, he's probably more of a here and now type of horse. Like he's he's by Kodiak, like the you know, long, long established sire of really sharp, um, fast two-year-olds, you. Um, fast. 
we saw we saw we saw what this horse made of the breeze ups like he made 525 grand like that that's some um that's some troll to give it a breeze up sale um so look of the two it'd be wall bank um but like okay i understand the case for the antarctic but for me it's wall bank okay wall bank for kevin at nine to four then given his form and being stronger according to kev tony um would you agree with that are you going elsewhere here uh no bet for me i mean wall bank was nearly double the price uh we're recording this at 8 uh 8 a.m on wednesday it was uh, double the price uh before decks on tuesday wall bank yeah. and the markets gravitated towards him i totally get that the ascot form obviously working out really well very impressive last time of the two i'd probably marginally uh, uh well i would i would prefer a wall bank but not a betting race for me not a nine to four okay what about you my good man, Mr. Barber. Yeah, similar case. You see a horse that costs 525 grand, you think that must be the most expensive in the race, and then you see the Antarctic who costs three quarters of a mil. Mm. And they're the two market dominating pair. I'm going to throw one more into the mix, so just because I was very impressed with him. He doesn't have the price tag, and he doesn't have the pedigree. But Brave Nation was very good first time out at Donny. Yeah. And when you add into the mix that he went off a short price favourite as a Michael Bell first time out two-year-old, it suggests they thought they had something pretty sharp on their hands. He's a Sioux Nation, we know they're forward. So I might throw in it, it, his name into the into the hat as well. But I, I agree with the lads. of the If you gave me a match bet, the Antarctic against Warbank, I'd, I'd be with the latter. Okay. Do, I, do, I the, do I want a quick funny story? Well, it's, not, it's not that funny, but yeah. just, to tell, just to tell you, <laughs> after Brave Nation won first time, it, it was very good on the clock. And uh, like as a matter of routine, I would tend to go fishing around for relatives of, of horses that um, that impressed first time just to see what's there. And yeah. there's a half sister to this horse doing the rounds that, that was quite useful on her day. Like she was a 90 horse and uh, she disappeared there a little while ago. So I went I went chasing around to see could I find out where she is. Do you want to know where YOLO again is, is seemingly right now? Go on. Palestine. <laughs> Palestine. So we I was I was having a chat with a few That's people. Random. Like, right, lads, when we, when we get our helmets and flat jackets out and go into Palestine and try yeah. and fight this. Wild man, wild man did his <laughs> national service there in the early fifties. Really? Na- yeah, nature strip, Gaza strip, double. Jesus Christ, <laughs> so, oh, so now we, uh, we didn't proceed, suffice to say. But if uh, if this horse goes and wins the Norfolk, I think some people might go in and try and find her. <laughs> oh my god, amazing! Good stuff. Okay, good stuff. Let's move on to the King George the Fifth Stakes, a mile and a half handicap, gentlemen, five past three on the card, six places each way on the bet for a sports book. Here is where for John and Teddy Gosden is your six to one uh, joint favorite alongside uh, Secret State and Newfoundland for Aidan O'Brien. Nothing to separate the top three. Secret State, Newfoundland, Israel in the market. Then you've got Mandobi at 7-1. to one. Post impression is 15-2. to two. And it's 10-1 to one bar, Tony Calvin. Nice open field to this mile and a half handicap. Where's the TC money going? Yeah, um, obviously the, there's a quite an infectious confidence behind Newfoundland. Um, you know, I think they think it's a lot better than his current mark. I think the non-handicap entries this week and in the future, Terry, that, but... I thought sixes was a little bit shy because this has got some depth to the race. I landed on um, Flying Dolphin of uh, Johnny Murtis um, around about 16, 18 to one. I thought that was very fair. You know, obviously six places in the sports book. Bumped into a couple of good maidens uh, on his first two starts and then probably did as he should have done last time at Gowran. But they forced the pace there in the first time, uh, tongue tie and cheek pieces combo. And he was quite impressive there. The angle is he's only three starts. He's stepping up in trip. Um, he's related to a mile four winners. Um, and there's plenty of, pedi- uh, plenty of uh, stamina there. So I think stepping up in trip, lightly raced, 
Uh, hopefully, it's another plot in the in the shape of create belief for the set runaway Sandung and Rinner last year. So, yeah, I, I, I quite like Vida Sena as well. I quite like that Yashin form, but I had I went back and had a look at that video a couple of times, and I'm not certain. And the pedigree probably backs us up that Vida Sena really wants a mile four, but I think he's well handicapped. But for me, yeah, uh, I'll go with the Johnny Murta horse. Flying Dolphin for Tony Calvin, 16 to 1 from 20s uh, at the time of recording, uh, which is Wednesday morning. Yourself, Dan? Well, a horse that got a mention in passing uh, on the other day with us was this post-impressionist. I mentioned him in regards to the potential form boost when Edgar Elderov, who's going off favourite as we chat on, is it Wednesday? I can't remember yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, he. so if he boost that in the staying race today this horse isn't going to be the price he is which is no use to people listening now but i've never seen i don't see many horse on our weather scream please step me up in trip as strongly as this one did at newcastle it was a good race anyway we know the winners group race bound at royal ascot the third has already come out and won loads of good stables represented and the race just didn't get to the bottom of him that was a mile and a quarter just a mile and a half i see he's already shortened Tends into 15 to 2. I don't want to be dogmatic in a race like this, but I sort of feel like I am half dogmatic. I think this is a really, really well handicapped horse of 89. Excellent. Okay, good stuff. 15 to 2 from 10 to 1 post impressionist. What about you, Kev? Um, yeah, quickly on Newfoundland, who is a horse I've seen plenty of now. He's been kind of beaten by um, beaten by, and then beaten a couple of Josephs. Um, I should look, if you watch the video of his last run, you'll see the case for him being better than that. He was bottled up in a steadily run race and probably did very well to win. Um, I think his mark is very fair. Um, but you know something, the thing I was, I was thinking, coming into this race, thinking I was going to go with him, but I'm afraid of the draw. The draw around a mile and a half at Ascot is one of the more perverse ones you come across. Logic would suggest you want to be low, but the stats scream that you want to be top half of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very difficult thing to win from a low draw over a mile and a half at Ascot. Uh, I'm not 100% sure why, but it's like cast iron when you, when you look at the long-term numbers. So he's in five, and that's just a bit concerning to me. Um, so the one I ended up going for was, was Dan's horse, Post Impressionist. Um, oh. you'd, have to, you'd have to really like him. Like He's got an interesting pedigree. Like He's by Teofilo out of, out of a really good dual-purpose mare, um, Island Ramid. And you just you just like every run when you watch him back. Like he, he was really strong in the final furlong, winning a, a maiden over a mile at air. And then that race in Newcastle that Dan mentioned, like that's already, that, that must have been the best novice you know, <laughs> run in a, quite a while at Newcastle mm. because it, it was a proper race. And there's winners coming out of it already. You know, not just the, the, the third one the other day, you know, the seventh one um, last week as well. Like it looked strong form at the time and it's working out. And like Dan said, just shaped like he was ready for further. Ended up out in the middle of the track. Finished off really well. Um, and he's drawn in 13, which, which is much more like it. Um, so, yeah, he, he'd be the one I'd go for with the, these races. Uh, you never want to get too far back in these races, too. That they're absolutely brutal. They And, and you, having a stone in hand is no good to you here unless really? you get the run of the race. Okay. Uh, okay. Speaking, from, about, speaking from experience. <laughs> all about position and draw. Post-impressions, two strong shouts for... Uh, post impressionist so um okay right i just on. on that i think we saw it on the first day didn't we you do get a few results at ascot it's deemed to be a fair track but on the round course results that you don't think are a fair assessment of the horses everybody says oh what a fair track it is but yeah, yeah. try saying oh, that you... to malji and backers yeah <laughs> i'll tell you if, you if you get back from a low draw in this race you're you're gonna struggle even okay. my pal Arcadian got a long way back. Well, anyway, mm. three forty then, gentlemen. The Ribblesdale, a mile and a half, Group Two contest, and 
Um, see Silk Road, the See the Stars Philly is your 13 to 8 favourite now. So uh, pretty short in the market, but uh, most would say uh, deservedly so for William Agus. Magical Lagoon, uh, Jessica Harrington sending over at 3 to 1 next best. Then Life of Dreams at uh, 10 to 3. History for Aidan O'Brien. Uh, Mukadama at um, 15 to 2. And Mystic Wells 20 to 1 at the moment. So uh, it's a short enough field. Oh, it is. <laughs> Short, short field, Dan Barber. Um, yeah, I like CC Grold here. I think she's the most likely winner. And even 13 to 8 wouldn't put me off, Dan. I, I think obviously she's very progressive. I have, I have so much time for the stable and and knowing when their swans are indeed swans and not thinking the, uh, yeah. and not turn out to be geese. But or penguins, it's Kevin's case. Oh, penguins. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Barber DeVito as well. Um, I'm going to back... What I'm going to do, I'm, I do think the price is tight enough, though. I'm going to back the two horses that I think can beat um, beat the jolly and that's Life of Dreams and Magical Lagoon. Magical Lagoon's already got the form in the book. Time form top rated yet to run beyond a mile and a quarter but you can't really knock the quality of her form I mean and you certainly can't knock the fact that on pedigree she's she's crying out for it for a mile and a half, mile and a half. Um, just behind the, the Oaks fourth. The Oaks six was behind her it, on a most recent outing and I think the trip is massively in her favour and the other one is Life of Dreams so I just think we'll learn a lot from that York race no match for Emily Upjohn understandably but mm. she got better as the race wore on got stronger as the race wore on and I think she'll sharpen up quite a lot for that and she still had only two runs so I thought those two had definitely had pretensions to beat Sea Silk Road who I thought was underpriced okay what about yourself Kev um, God this race is chopped up hasn't it it, it, it is properly chopped up in the absence of Emily Up, John. Um, not a strong view to you, but, but I, I do want to give history another chance. Um, look, I don't really want to make too many excuses because I can't find a good one for the, the Irish 1000 guineas. It's working out well. I, I, I thought she'd run better than she did. Um, look, she was beaten, you know, 11 lengths or so. I really thought she would run better than that. But look, stepping up in trip, it'll be a question mark where she stays. But she's by Galileo. She'll have her chance. Okay. And look, I've, I've always got the impression that, that they've really liked this filly and that she's capable of more than we've seen so far. So look, in, in what's a wide open race, like our, our fav is rated 103, Hugh, you know, this yeah. would be one of the, this would be one of the weaker um, Ribblesdales I can recall, um, unfortunately, but I hope okay. the history can capitalise. Okay, well, I mean, are you going to stick with that TC that the favourite is just too short here going elsewhere? Um, look at how bet the current prices. If history hits... Seven or eight to one on the exchange, I might have a little nibble, like Kev said. I mean, it's you know, Aidan O'Brien that uses that you know, Irish thousand guineas to launch a few middle distant horses. And horses you don't think are gonna, gonna stay a mile four and, and beyond just come out and just defy. I mean, I didn't have Tuesday down as a particularly strong start at a mile four, and you know, a lot of horses been beating the Irish guineas have, have gone on to win. Classics over a mile, you know, mile four, like the likes of qualified and stuff. Um, yeah, like you know, history have got has got the you know, the Galileo bloodline. So even though she didn't scream star over a mile last time, uh, yeah, I, I probably like I said, if it's all about the price, obviously, if I get seven or eight to one on the exchange, I'll, I'll probably I'll probably play history very small. Excellent. Okay, good stuff, lads. Let's move on, shall we? The four twenty on the card is the Ascot Gold Cup. Or as I like to call it, the bumper for Mags. Right, oh. um, Kiprios is your sixth-four favorite for Aidan O'Brien. 
Our old pal, Mr. Stradivari, is still knocking about at 85 to 40. <laughs> Trushan, 9 to 2. Princess Zoe for Tony Mullins at 7 to 1, who'd be the people's favourite over there. Mojo Star at 14. So it's how much you like about the rest. Right, couldn't care less who wins, to be honest with you, Kevin. Thank you. <laughs> you tell us who you think is going to win the Ascot bumper. Um, look, I've been with Kiprios for a while now. Um, and uh, Look, come, I think we're safe to assume Trushan is de- will definitely come out and be a major surprise if he doesn't. So, yeah. so bear that in mind if you're having a bet between ground, now yeah. and then. Um, it's baking at Ascot, and it's only going to get warmer. And they're going to have to they're going to have a job on uh, managing their their watering, etc. Because it was it was lovely, fast, safe ground yesterday. Hopefully, they can maintain that. It'll be a challenge, though. Um, but I don't think we're going to see Trushan. Looks at Kiprias. Look, he's been brilliant this season. I actually liked him last season. I tipped him for the Queen's Vaz, and he managed to scramble under the stalls, um, helpfully. Um, so look, he's delivered. I think he's a horse they always considered would be better with time and distance. And he's looked at this season. He's stepping up a long way in trip, but look, he's a lovely relaxed horse. He'll give himself a great chance to get it. And uh, while he is plenty short now, um, I don't want to abandon ship. And I tell you, I give a mention to this one here. I, I wouldn't be surprised if TC likes him now because he'd be, he'd be TC's profile. Um, Tashkan's a very big price, is he? Aye, aye. <laughs> He seems a very big price. Like it was a close second to True Shan back in the last season. Um, he was he was close up behind Stradivarius last time. Like he seems to be building. Um, he'll, he'll stay all day. Um, like in terms of an each way alternative to the top in America, like I wouldn't be looking any further than him. And look at the current prices, he probably makes more appeal than Kiprios at the prices. Um, so yeah, that that'd be that'd be my view on it. How do you see it, TC? Yeah, um, the first thing to say here, we've got 10 runners at the moment, but the race is not meant to come in until Friday. So I think if you're going to play on this race each way, I'll do it on the exchange where the original place turn stands. So I can obviously True Shan's going to come out. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me if Tashkan came out and maybe right. over the Potswold. All three of those horses are in the Queen Alexandra on the Saturday, where obviously they're more likely to get the ground if the if the Friday stroke Saturday rain comes. So it could really cut up. And also Mojo Stars in the Hardwick on Saturday. And that likes a bit of give as well. So this could come up, you know, you know, seven or less. So that's something to bear in mind. I take the point about Tashkan, love the horse, really weak in the betting last time, building towards this, but you've got to be really worried about the ground for him. He doesn't want it that quick. Um, one I came down on, uh, and I'm going to wait till the without markets come out. But he's a 50, she's a 50 to one shot. Bubble Smart's really interesting. Now, quickest grounds she's ever raced on. But I had a chat with a French specialist yesterday, and they said good grounds actually fine for this horse. There's one on good to soft in France, which is basically on the quicker side. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, that day by, by all accounts, it's obviously it's going to be a different level altogether of rattling quick. But, you know, I think the key form line here could be the Prix de Cadran, not only because it's two mile four. That day, Trushan beat Stradivarius by four and a half lengths. It was a length back uh, from Strad to uh, Bulb Smart. Princess Zoe was two and a half lengths back in fifth. If that's the key form line, then Bubble Smart's massively overpriced at 50s and will be with the without markets favourites come out. So, you know... There's, um, I think there's a lot of upside to a uh, chances. So, uh, yeah, bubble smart. When the without markets come out, I'll be looking to play without um, without the top two bubble smart. Okay, bubble smart 50s at the moment and keep an eye on the without market. Um, and, and obviously, if the race cuts up as well. What about you, Dan? Yeah, I'm hanging fire at the moment because of rule fours and stuff potentially yeah. getting in the way, as well as a potentially TC. So, there's a bit dropping to a two 
place market as opposed to a three place one. I do love this Earl of the Cotswold story. Not saying he's going to be good enough, but he's the only confirmed pace and he's tough as old boots. He yeah. could take on Julius Francis outside the box park. <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> he's absolutely oh, nails. Um, what a punch that was. <laughs> Get down. Never lost. Yeah, a little more to add. Yeah, good add. stuff. Okay, right. That's the uh, bumper dealt with lads. Best of luck to all of that. Right, five <laughs> o'clock. Let's move on to uh, another proper race to Britannia. A mile. Handicap stakes. Uh, King of time for Charlie Appleby. Seven to two favourite. Who put 50 in you for Clive Cox at 13 to 2? Tranquil Knight, 8 to 1, 11 to 1 bar. Um, okay, where are we going here? Let's go with uh, Tony Calvin. You kick us off on this one, please. Nice open. One mile handicap right up your street. Loads to consider here. Plenty of big prices. Give us a big price nap. I, honestly, when I looked at this market, I, could, I, looked at, I looked at Koi Koi and I expected, I looked, I looked at the race before I looked at the prices and I couldn't believe it was 25 to 1. I thought it'd be a lot among the market leaders. Got course form. Um, Kevin Blake's rubbing his hands there. Oh, he likes it as well, does he? Mm. The penguin likes the koi koi. What a, what a load of cap. What a load of cap. He loves the koi. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he, like he said, he was second to Saga last year on court, uh, the course. So he's got course form. Will handle the ground. I mean, up £3 for that second to outgate last time is... Seems lenient given what the winner's done since. I just can't understand the price. I, I would give out a shout to the horse he, uh, the horse that beat him last year, Saga, who's obviously got form with Maljum and Caribus. Um, totally blew out last time. That's the problem. But they put a tongue time and blinkers on Saga. And if that does the trick, I mean, he, he is really well handicapped. And quite interestingly, his half-brother, Earnshaw, ran his best race uh, in the Dubai turf in the first time tongue tie and blinkers um so yeah i mean if if the family history is is going to be continued saga is interesting but mm. koi koi it's more of a 10 12 to one shot than 25 surely is the draft playing into that in eight Maybe, but I'm sure who knows i wouldn't be, I wouldn't be <laughs> yeah, dogmatic I about I, I no i wouldn't you think something's 25 uh, something's 25 you think it should be half the price the draw can do one well, oh, weirdly, okay. <laughs> you'd say in the you'd say in the Coventry yesterday that if anything, you wanted to be down the middle. I thought Persian yeah. Force did really well, trapping it. To be honest with you, the draw didn't even enter my equation here. No, I mean there'll be a gallop on both sides, won't there? I mean, I do like who put fifteen years. I'd love to know who it was named after, but it's um, <laughs> a very progressive horse. He's, I don't think Mighty Ulysses let down that Haydock runner yesterday. I know it was a bunch finish, but he was banging the mix in a Group One yesterday but then i went i was saying to text lads yesterday saying oh, i think i might go and back him on my way to uh to do an errand and i went, <laughs> in, a, I went in a shop and he was fat he was he was already five so um my enthusiasm would yeah i didn't want i don't want people knowing that i've got children so it's, it's my it's my private life yeah yeah <laughs> you might get a visit <laughs> <laughs> okay so kevin blake last word to you yeah i'm with the koi koi um I was at Chester when he ran. I know that's normally irrelevant, but I'll tell you what, what, what took, what really, and it is relevant in this case because um, I was doing paddocks on the day and um, I fancied him in the race and I was having a really good look at him and I just couldn't, when you look, when you look at him now, you'd be very impressed that he was able to get to a mark of 90 as a two-year-old because like he's still like quite unfurnished and, and weak looking. Like, so he must've looked like an absolute hat rack really as a two-year-old. So for him to get to 90 is impressive. And mm. the, the natural follow-on is you just expect a horse like him physically to be better as a three-year-old. 
And look, plenty went wrong for him at Chester. Like if you watch it back, the, the winner's actually given him a little bump out of the gates and he stumbled and probably ended up a shade farther back than was the plan. Um, it seemed to light him up a little bit as well. And he's had to wheel around him and he's finished off really well. Strong inside the final furlong, closed out gate down all the way to the line. And Outgate, you know, we discussed him last week. He handled the track beautifully, got a a dream split. You know, everything went right for him. And Koi Koi was closing him down all the way to the line. And Sherlock History tells us that Outgate had, you know, £10 plus in hand that day, um, having won again subsequently. So to be, I, I think I said it on Sky Sports immediately after the race with Koi Koi. Like he's one, he's going to be one for Britannia this fella. He's off the right rating. He's going to have a lovely profile going in. And like, like TC, I, I saw him at the deck. So like this fella, ah, he'll, he'll be up amongst the market leaders. And he's 25 to 1. 25 to 1. I know it's, I know it's a ridiculously deep race, but. How how that got put in twenty fives across the board? I do not know. Yeah, I tell you what, it, it won't be twenty. It won't be twenty fives. But this time tomorrow, I don't think DC because surely people once people get stuck into this race, maybe after racing today, they're gonna like the wheels will start. The old the, the old monkeys inside and their brains will start turning the wheels. And they'll be like, <laughs> yeah, hey, podcast this, will be out this, later. Don't worry. We'll, yeah. we'll, have, we'll have it at twelve by six o'clock. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Well, uh, I'm gonna uh, go uh, take some this morning. Good stuff. When the two of you agree on a twenty-five to one shot, I think that's uh, absolutely worth considering. Yeah. yeah. Go on. And I'll just give a very quick mention for Amarenci as well. I wouldn't put anyone off him that fancies him. Joseph's horse. Um, okay. he wanted Nace last time. Look, the second didn't do much for the form, but the, the thing with Amarenci is you mark him up because he came from a long way off the pace, which wasn't easy to do. Um, in that race or in general at Nace that day, um, Gelding, like he, he always worked like a real nice horse, and Gelding seems to have kind of done the trick. Uh, a race like this will really suit him, I'd say, and he's in there with, with a banging chance as well. Beautiful. Okay, gents, we move on. So we're at the second to last race on the card, uh, day three, and it is the 535. The Hampton Court stakes a mile and a quarter. Group three contest. Reach for the moon. John Taney goes in four to seven. This could be a short conversation. Claymore in there for Jane Chapelheim at six to one. Seven to one makes Sud. Cresta eight to one. And it's how much like about the last two in the market. I mean, Reach for the Moon is probably going to win this race, Dan Barber. Yeah, I think that's fair comment. I mean, you're not supposed to say this about big meetings, but uh, I, I did say it about that Gallop under Champs. Sorry, that um, four mile at the Cheltenham Festival is just frankly one of the most boring races I've ever seen. <laughs> this has this has this has capacity to be similar. If you're looking for a hole in it, it might be the fact he is quite headstrong and he's going up a little bit in trip. But I thought a hood might actually be applied and it isn't. But he's the best horse in the race. Um, I thought he got racing a bit too far out at Sandown and he was left vulnerable to Mario Prospero. But he's better than these. It's just about whether he gives his running, and the price tells you that. Okay, there you go. Four to seven. Lump in, Kev. That's your kind of bet, isn't it? Yeah, look, reach for the moon. He's clearly the best horse in the race. But, you know, I would be concerned about the trip for him. Um, lots of talk about him being a derby horse in the making last season. I, I never really bought into that. I thought he looked a bit too headstrong for that job. And look, 10 furlongs is probably, it might just be fine. But at the price, you know, and what could be a sort of a messy race, you know, I, I think I'll take him on. Uh, mm. Which one is the question mark? I see a small case for Howth. Um, he, look, he, he, we saw loads of him last season, but I think going up and trip will help him. And I thought it wasn't a bad run at all on a seasonal return. Cheek pieces go on for the first time. But Max sort of thought shaped quite well last time. Um, a bit of a messy race. He pr- probably used a fair bit of his run to get into it and, uh, and paid the price late on. You know, that was only his second run. You know, I think he can come forward. I think that there's no issue with the trip at all. And um, yeah, I thought Max Sud might be the best alternative to Fav. 
We'll never find you in Hill 16 anyway, which are Hout. It's Hout. <laughs> He's obviously not a north side dub, but sure he won't. Nah, sure Listen, look I make it. I make it balls of enough of him anyway. So it's like we we'll, we'll let you we we'll let that one slide for the moment. Forget <laughs> right. And um, the last race, lads, ten past six on the card is the Buckingham Palace Stakes. Uh, seven furlong handicap here. Montesib at six to one. Don't you want me and Dan input into this? Jeez, I've good. given mine. It was token. Sorry, go on. Yeah, but Dan's giving his. Sorry, TC. Reach for the moon. Four to seven. Are you all over him? <laughs> uh, no. I was only going to say I was watching Sky Sports Racing on um, on Tuesday, and um, when he when he was doing my when he was talking about my Prospero, Jim McGrath was talking about Reach for the Stars. I thought he was going to break up, break into an S Club Seven song. Pay <laughs> good money to see Jim McGrath saying Reach for the Stars. You and Jim McGrath, and you from S Club Seven. My God, I'm Tony Calvin, a closet S Club Seven fan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Closet about me. I'm out there, Christ. mate. He's out there. He's out there. He's Rachel out there. Stevens, where are you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. 6-10 lads last race uh, on day 3 the Buckingham Palace stakes 7 furlong handicap and uh, we are playing 6 places on the Betfair Sportsbook uh, Montesib is your 6-1 to favourite for William Haggis Vafortino is 8-1 uh, to one. Silent Film for Charlie Appleby 10-1 to 12-1 to one Tactical uh, Udalali 14s and it's how much you like about the rest okay right last one Kev kick us off here who do you like wide open, wide I'm, open. I'm not going to waste your time here Hugh I thought this was absolutely impossible okay okay <laughs> Tony, Tony Calvin who do you like <laughs> you might have to have a look my, my internet's just frozen up it's, it's above still 33 to 1 with the sportsbook six places yeah. Above is uh, 33 to 1, six places. Absolutely. Wait, it's the biggest price by a mile. If that lasts when you're watching this podcast, just have some. Um, okay. I think it goes off half that. I mean, it's, it's in really good form. Got form on fast ground. Got form at the track. He was as good seventh in the Wokenham after six-pound higher mark last year. Comes in in really good form. Um, good second at, at, at New Market. I think he's, I think he's got a lot. It's ridiculously competitive race, as Kev mentioned, but... As 33 to 1 pokes go, it's as, it's as solid as you'll probably get in here. And like I say, I think he's a 14-16s poker. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you could argue his best form is at six, but that's, yeah. set, you know, second to accidental agent over seven is prove he gets it. And obviously, it's going to be really quick round. So, you know, it won't be a premium on Santa over the trip. So above at 33 to 1, in fact, anything above 16s um, yeah. is probably a bet for me. Okay, great. What about yourself, Dan? Last word to you on the last race. Yeah, rock hard. I mean, uh, maybe I need to revisit after Tuesday's results my obsession with backing Ascot horses in inverted commas that are going to play the hand late because the ground's rapid and the pace is holding up. But good old Chief of Chiefs is a possibility, as is Cliffs of Capri. Mm. Okay, good stuff, lads. Very good. That is day three done and dusted all nice and succinct. Um, we are uh, just all that remains to get your naps then please we're back with tomorrow with day four as well so just keep an eye out for that right your nap please uh, Tony Calvin kick us off what do uh, you me and Kev are both napping Koi Koi <laughs> I think ah. you're right yeah. <laughs> are you napping because Koi Koi your nap well okay good stuff 25 it's, to 1 if you think so, it's t- anything 14s or bigger if something is 25 you think you should be 10 or 12 you've just got to nap it yeah okay perfect Dan uh, post impressionist please Post impressions for Dan Kev. Yeah, I'll go win only Koi Koi. Why not? Win only Koi Koi. Double nap for Koi Koi. And I made such a balls of uh, the uh, sprint on day one with Logo Hunter finishing 
last. That's the last time I ever bloody nap at 50 to one shot. Learned my lesson there, didn't I? Um, I'm going to go I go back in again in the sprint. I'm going to go for the Antarctic. I think he's an improving horse. He's a lazy git, but he'll look around here and they'll all put it up to him and he say, right, okay, time to show. Show you all what I'm made of. So the Antarctic for me in the opener. Guys uh, and girls, have a great day. Enjoy. Gamble responsibly. As always, we're back tomorrow with day four. Good luck. <laughs>